Well, well, well. What a weekend worth of super wildcard games we had. We're going to do a eulogy tonight. This is actually a 45-minute episode um, where all we're going to do is talk about our favorite memories of uh, a great man who uh, had his last game tonight, Mike McCarthy. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a hell of an episode. We're going to talk about uh, the Cowboys collapse. We're going to talk about some of the wildcard takeaways, um, the, the Patriots' uh, abysmal performance yesterday the bills and chiefs going crazy and then of course we're going to guess the lines for an awesome divisional round let's rock So, uh, what was your favorite Mike McCarthy Cowboys head coaching moment? When we thought he was going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, and I get, I think some of it. So, here's a question I have, right? Because okay. some of the play calling was Kellen Moore. Mm -hmm. Obviously, some of the game management. Or lack thereof. And if you watch the uh, the live show, the live. Oh, I was there. Yeah. The George. watch along. Honestly, the biggest, the worst beat of the day, because it was a good gambling day. Yeah. The worst beat of the day. There's two bad beats today. Okay. Two. Jimmy G throwing an interception was number one with a bullet. Number two was us not getting the tech to work to get George live on the show uh, when we did the live show. Let Those are the two worst beats of the day. Because <laughs> I, I was, so I'm in my. In my, in my apartment, I'm prepared to come on the watch yeah. along, right? Um, and I'm excited because obviously I'm pumped for this game. But what I, I'll just tell you right now that for the entire second half, I was in a defensive stance in my studio apartment watching the game, also looking out the window and seeing it snow, knowing that I was going to have to ride my bike into the office and going like, I could leave now and increase my chances of making it here alive. I was like, I cannot leave. I cannot miss a single play of this game. I I want to, obviously I survived, by the way, um, despite the fact that uh, they don't plow here, apparently. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, and the only car I saw on the road, they had their windows down, their wheels were spinning, and they were clearly drunk out of their minds. So uh, I made it here nonetheless. Speaking of drunk out of their minds, who deserves the blame for the Cowboys here? Okay, let's start. Let's start there. So pie chart of blame. You mentioned yes, the pie chart, the pie of blame, um, the strawberry rhubarb pie of blame here. Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, and then I'm going to put Dak Prescott in there too. Because let's be let's be super honest about this game. Like you watch this game, there there were a lot of things that you can take away from it, but one of them is certainly that the Dallas Cowboys offense and Dak Prescott did not perform well and have not performed well for a large portion of the second half of the season. So, let me let me let me give you a, a little bit. Pull it out, baby. Okay. I get so so far in the playoffs. The 4 o'clock game yesterday, you had an elite quarterback in Joe Burrow. You had kind of a Kirk Cousinsy quarterback in Derek Carr. Joe Burrow wins. The the night game, you had an elite quarterback like Josh Allen. You had a Kirk Cousinsy quarterback in Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen wins. 
the the one o'clock game, you had the best quarterback of all time versus a Kirk Cousinsy kind of quarterback in Jalen Hurts, the best quarterback of all time wins. It was supposed to be, right, in the four o'clock hour, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's kind of a Kirk Cousinsy quarterback against Dak Prescott, who going into the year and and you know, we've waffled that. There are yeah. there are articles on our website where we've written Dallas shouldn't spend the money on Dak Prescott. And then there are others where it says this is a they, Dallas shouldn't franchise tag Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. And then there are others where we've talked glowingly of him. This season, and I, I did this analysis prior to the week, so this has not been updated. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, and this includes Cooper Rush, by the way, um, are getting the 13th most war at the quarterback position per dollar spent. Mm-hmm. Middle of the pack, right? Yep. Um, if you look at war per dollar spent on the offense, uh, Dallas is eighth. But the problem is, is when you look at the teams that are ahead of Dallas in that. And again, I, this is where I think about, does your quarterback elevate the team around you? The teams that are number, the teams that are uh, highest in war per dollar spent on quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, O-line, running back, basically the whole rest of the offense. Tampa, Kansas City. Philly, who made the playoffs despite a bad defense. We saw that defense on display today. New England, the Los Angeles Rams, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cincinnati Bengals. And again, like, you know, Dallas being that top 10 area, but they're like, they basically have the same war per dollar spent on the offense as Minnesota. I think we have to be, we, we come out of this game and maybe there's two Kirk Cousins in that game. So first off, can we just can we stop comparing every mediocre quarterback to Kirk Cousins, please? It's just painful at this point. It's just it's just enough. I've <laughs> but, heard okay. enough. So, Kirk so, Cousins. So but, my point is that so Dak how is much third. Are you Dak is third. Dak deserves twenty five percent of the blame. Okay. So now Kellen Moore and Mike. McCarthy. Kellen Moore deserves twenty five percent of the blame. Would the you hire Kellen Moore to be your head coach right now? I I would consider Kellen Moore to be my head coach, and okay. here's why. I, and I was I was going through this because we help teams with this process, and and we also help media members sort of sort, sort through. Kellen Moore's offensive play caller ranking is really freaking high this year, and that is, in my opinion, like you could say, yeah, enhanced by the fact that Dak Prescott has not played well for the vast majority of the last two thirds of the season since getting hurt. I would need assurances that Kellen Moore was going to have some sort of Daniel Stern from Baltimore or some sort of uh, uh, Nick, uh, Ryan Pagiani from Philadelphia. I would need him. I would need some sort of Incredible convincing. pronunciation, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Um, I would need some sort of convincing that Kellen Moore was going to delegate that decision making to somebody, or not not decision making, but that evaluating to somebody else. If he if he convinced me that he would, I'm fine with it. Because he's really good at scheming offense, and he seems like a great guy, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, he's left-handed, seems like a great guy, you know, like you. He's left-handed, all that kind of stuff. Um, if he thought that he could handle it all, calling plays, uh, being a head coach, doing the head coaching decision mm-hmm. stuff, there's mm-hmm. only so many people who can do that. If he thought that he could bite that, bite off that, then I would pivot away from him in the interview process, which okay. gives me back to the fifty percent, which yep. is. Mike McCarthy. Okay. Mike McCarthy has done some smart things in Dallas. Mm-hmm. He, well, okay. <laughs> I take a little bit of back. back. I think si- signing Dan Quinn was smart. I think, um, you know, some of the things they've done in free agency and stuff like that, smart. 
Um, but the in-game stuff is just, I mean, this is a solved problem. And he struggles with it every freaking game. So you're giving him 50. 50%. The, the Calling a quarterback draw yeah. it is an offensive freaking call at that. And that's okay. not McCarthy's fault other so, than signing so here, line. So here's what I'm going to say. Kellen Moore called a draw. You cannot hire a guy to be your head coach if he is so rattled, brain dead, whatever the fuck you want to call it. A quarterback draw. I, but, but he was 14 like, seconds left. Okay. Now, McCarthy supposedly okayed the quarterback draw, mm -hmm. which is, look, I don't think we need to argue about this. It's a little, it's tough to look at Mike McCarthy in game and some of the decisions that he's made and the fact that the team continues to be really undisciplined, had a ton of penalties in this game. Um, those things all ladder up to the head coach and the culture that you're setting. But ladder up. I'll say this. Mike McCarthy supporting Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator and saying like, yeah, I'm good with you calling a draw. I'm not going to place more blame on McCarthy than I am on Kellen Moore. That's an abomination. Oh, oh but here's the thing. That's a disaster. If this, came, if this game came down to one play, then you're right. The problem is, is they punted on fourth and medium or less from yeah. around midfield base, what, what, twice mm -hmm. in the game. Yep. They also kicked a field goal to cut 16 point lead to 13. 13. And they also, and this is why I made it 50. They, instead of, so fourth and five from midfield, they, instead of using their MVP caliber quarterback on good days to throw the ball for you mean, a first. You mean MVP. MVP, yeah. He yeah. Is, he's not just MVP caliber. He's He won one. To, to make a fake punt on fourth and five when you're down by two, multiple scores. That was To convert it and bad. then try to run whatever that was. Hurry up with your punt team and then being so – honestly, the only thing that redeemed him there was that they didn't call a timeout when they got to delay a game, right? Because doing all that, like, that that's McCarthy's fault. That's McCarthy's fault for trying to run hurry up with your special teams. He tried to he tried to run hurry up with his punt team after a after running a fake punt on a on a play he just should, yeah. just should have went for fourth so down to begin with. So who should the Cowboys have as head coach next next year? I I would give Kellen Moore a chance actually. Okay. I, I, I'm not saying. Look, I don't even think McCarthy. You're gonna like, give Kellen quarterback draw with 14 seconds left. A chance. That was a terrible call. Yes. It was a terrible call. That was... But I, I think... But that offense... I, this is the other... I mean, you either are going to place a lot of blame on Dak. And I think you should. He did not play well. He was like the 12th highest graded quarterback since coming back from his injury. Not a total abomination, but also they really didn't beat like a very good team down the stretch at all. Um, they have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz, an amazing offensive line. They pay their running back $95 million. Their best running back is Tony Pollard, and he's awesome. And their offense looked like shit. So, like, is Dak Prescott worse than Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback? No. Okay. Well, the, the, here's the news here, Eric. The, the Dallas Cowboys have the best offensive weapons out there. They're amazing. 
So if your offensive coordinator can't do better with an above average quarterback and Dak Prescott, even when bad, is an above average quarterback, I don't know what you're hoping for. But the problem is, is whether Dak Prescott's the problem or not doesn't matter. And that was that was like part of my issue with like covering the Vikings and covering the the Rams with Goff and the and the Eagles with Wentz and all that stuff. It's like you've already you're not getting out from under that quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Dak's there, right? So the 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 next person has to be able to get the most out of Dak Prescott. The next person does. And like I think again, like I don't think Mike McCarthy's been universally bad for the Dallas Cowboys. I just think that in the biggest of spots, like you just see the difference between and I don't think Shanahan Shanahan punted or kicked the field goal on a fourth down he shouldn't have. Um I think that they were a little bit too flimsy with the with you know Garoppolo. You know, sort of they got what they they got the Ayuk miss, which was not obviously a great scheme play. By the way, the Ayuk miss, people are yelling about the interception. The interception. The Ayuk miss was the was the yeah, worst. Basically throw. put the game away. It was that, the yeah. worst throw. Yeah. But the you got the ball back after that, mm-hmm. and then you threw a pick in your own end. I I again I think Shanahan's far better, but you see it in these games. You see it with McCarthy right now. You saw it in you know, you saw it all the way back to 2014 in the NFC title game against the Seahawks where they kicked two field goals yeah. on fourth and goal. Like, you just see this stuff, and it's like, that's the difference. And you come out of Dallas, so Dallas goes 6-10 and 10 year one, 12-6 year two. So, obviously, you know, you are you have some things, you know, you, you improved. But how much better should you have been? I think Jerry Jones said it. He said, look, with this talent, like, we should be a better team. Yes. And and so w- where do you unlock it here? Uh, I don't. I for example, I don't think Dan Quinn would be the right guy for that job. I don't. I maybe Kellen Moore would, but honestly, like what are what is there willing? What is there left to preserve of the Kellen Moore offense? Even um, that would be my only thing. Keep Kellen Moore if the if you think that the elements of that offense are what makes it tick. Mm-hmm. And Mike McCarthy was just leaving that behind. If it's not, you just got to start over. And I but I think. You know, Jerry obviously hates starting over because he literally just went to a high-profile coach who they paid a lot of money to just two years ago. I don't know what he's going to do, but I have a feeling. I mean, I could obviously see him going to Kellen Moore. I have an interesting feeling, though, that he might... He's looking at this now and he's going, I either bring someone in that I feel can win right now, like, and I just... Man, Kellen Moore has to be a part of that shambles. So I I wonder if he tries to keep Kellen Moore potentially as an OC and bring in another head coach. Uh, but I just think you don't see that happening, right? Like we and this is the perfect. Yeah, situation. maybe, maybe, but this performance was disastrous. Yeah, and but- I would be surprised if Kellen Moore's stock does not take a hit because of this oh game. for sure and the draw play i mean let's just think mathematically speaking let's just think about what the the process was the ball is at the 40 you know you had 14 seconds left you have no timeouts the the niners were giving you the sidelines all the whole time yes. they should have gone to the end zone twice at well, least i i think in my opinion i think you should have picked up five or six more yards or whatever it took and then go to the end zone twice the thing is is the cur the Basically, you know, this is just sort of a math problem, but like the success curve is not that steep around that area of the field. It's not that sensitive to five or six more yards, right? 
So like to take two like smaller shots and then go to the end zone once is stupid. Mm -hmm. To go take maybe like one more five yard gain and take two shots to the end zone, your chances of not success are one you know, basically the the you know, one minus a small probability yeah. or whatever that is. So like that's that's you, you gain the multiplicity there with with going for the deep shot. Um you know, and, and that's kind of where I see it is like you know, you, I would have been okay if they would have gone to the sideline one more time and thrown two shots in the end zone with like nine seconds left. First one takes eight, then that last one takes the last one yeah. second, and then you're fine. Doing what they did to line up to – what was the best-case scenario of that play? You get 15 yards, a peer of Jerome Boger somehow spots the ball in enough time for you to get a spike down, which, again, that assumption – Everybody's like, you know, uh, Skip, Skip Bayless was like, oh, it should be the, it's not the Dallas Cowboys fault. It is the Dallas Cowboys fault. You watched NFL football yesterday. These refs, and I, I wouldn't be any better. So I'm, just, I'm throwing that out there. But the refs in the NFL, you cannot assume anything. So like to say, oh, well, if every operation went smooth. Yeah, of course. And, and if I had a million dollars, like, you know. And so like the, the best case scenario is you spike the ball with one second left. And what's really the difference between throwing one from the 40 and throwing one from the 24? It's obviously matters, but you only have one of them. And of course, the, the tail risk is the fuckery that you got from the officials. Did you see that guy? He spotted the ball twice. And then Dak, of course, because he's a Dallas Cowboy and they haven't won a playoff game. They have won two playoff games since 1996. Dak like fucks around with them and the game's over. The game is in fact over. I wonder if Jerry Jones will have watched the Kansas City Chiefs offense or the Buffalo Bills offense and think to himself, hmm, that'd be fun. I've paid a lot of money for my offensive players. I wonder if Brian Dable or Eric Bieniemy could get it done. I'll also say this. I don't know that with that offense, I would go with a defensive guy. But if you are, Brian Flores is that guy. Um, just saying. Okay, let, let's move on. Uh, a couple of questions for you here. The uh, most disappointing performance, and this will be our segment, Taking the L, most disappointing performance of this round had to be, had to be New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously we like them against the spread. Um, Greenland liked them. Um, Do you think if that pass was not intercepted by Micah Hyde in the end zone, that game – Goes it's different, but like I mean, honestly, the Bills were such a house. I mean, they the Bills scored in every possession. The defense for the Patriots, they were without some players. They also weren't like let, let's let's kindly look back at the New England Patriots. Um, we both said um, this season that they were maybe a little bit uh, peaking too early, right? Um, if you look at who the Patriots have beaten this year. Um, Let's kindly look at some of these games, right? There, they had a they had a win against the Jets, which was by you know three scores or whatever. Um, they had a win by three against Houston and Davis Mills. Um, Dallas beat them. They had a, a big win against the Jets. They had a, a win against the Chargers, which ultimately I think we a lot of people thought that was more impressive. But the Chargers didn't even make the playoffs. They're a team that messes around. Then they had a big win against the Panthers. Lottie freaking da. Big win against the Browns. Browns ended up being kind of a bad team. 25-0 to the Falcons, also a bad team. They beat a Titans team that was adjusting. A Titans team with no Julio, no A.J. Brown, no Derrick Henry. No one, you know, that was that was maybe an impressive win. Then you had the Bills game, which is a complete fluke. The the the, the snow game or the, the wind game. And then after that, you know, 
you had a double-digit loss to the Colts, who are not a playoff team. You had a double-digit loss to the Bills at home. You beat the Jaguars 50-10, to 10, we're happy for you. And then you lost a, a, by nine to the, to the Dolphins. You take a step back and you say, okay, this, is a not, this was an encouraging year for the Patriots, mm-hmm. not a good year. Like, I think that's where I, I come down and I say, you padded a lot of the statistics with multiple score wins against bad teams. Mm-hmm. And ultimately down the stretch, you you were, you were you faded. You peaked early and yeah. then you faded. I mean, Football Outsiders had New England 33% to win the Super Bowl at one point in the season. Yeah, you can't win them all. No. Uh, in this league. Look, the, the point on the Patriots is this, and this is what everyone should have realized all season, which is because I remember everyone was like taking victory laps when, you know, they were they were doing well earlier in the season. It's like, oh, look at these free agency signings. All were great. You know who you didn't notice yesterday it was the free agency signings. You know why? Because the fucking quarterbacks sucked ass. Well, they don't matter. If, if the and, the, and that's kind of the whole point now they took a chance on a rookie quarterback. And so you can make some of those free agency moves. The problem is that like, none of them are superstars. None of them are really actually like, and, and Matt Judon's been really good, but like superstar, I'd, I'd pump the brakes just for a second. Um, when Mac Jones isn't playing at like a top six level, like it's just not gonna happen. And he didn't play at a top six level against a top team in the entire, in the entirety of the season, especially down the stretch. So. Yeah, it, it was, um, I would say it was encouraging. I was surprised at how, like, yeah, they were missing some pieces on defense, but man, I do not recall a Bill Belichick defense getting shredded like that. And Josh Allen played out of his mind, but, you know, I guess maybe the way to put it is that, like, he threw up, even passes he tried to throw away <laughs> ended up being a touchdown, the first one to Dawson Knox. Um, but that, that was the most surprising part of that game, for sure, was the way that Belichick's defense just got absolutely scorched. Um, and I think, to me, would you say that the Bills were the most impressive performance? Yeah. More, I, more so than um, Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City was obviously very impressive. Yeah, Kansas City. Well, so Buffalo beat a better team. Like, as much as I, sh- I just shit on New England, New yeah. England's a much better team than Steelers. Yep. And um, Buffalo did it. Buffalo perform that offense in conditions that are a lot harder to perform that offense in Kansas city cold Buffalo is cold and windy and and crazy. Um, And they scored on every possession. The chiefs in the first quarter of this game tonight were not great. You could say that. (laughs) I mean, I mean, big Ben averaged 1.7 yards per attempt in the. uh, Yeah. But don't you think most of the Steelers crappiness on offense was them? Yeah, yeah, I don't absolutely. think the Chiefs forced the Steelers oh, to be no, no, crappy no. on well, offense. You, you don't really, you don't need to, to do that. And that's that's what of, I'm saying. So, kind of whereas I think there was some, there was some like obvious. I, I look Buffalo. If Buffalo plays the way they, they did this weekend, and mm-hmm. the Chiefs play the way they did this weekend, Buffalo wins the game by two scores mm-hmm. on Sunday. So that that's my answer. I think they were far more impressive. The Chiefs had their streaks like the chiefs have streaks where they just like score 28 straight on a team and it's just like oh shit like we were you know but the problem is with the chiefs is you could get like the previous buffalo game which was what week five when like buffalo just gets on top of you and they're you're not capable of doing that and i think that if you're a chiefs fan you're a little worried about that 
Can I put a, uh, I know that the Eagles stunk and Jalen Hurts did not look good. I was five for 20 on throws, 10 plus yards downfield. It was not, it was not great. But the Bucks, and I think both the Bucks and the Niners are in interesting spots where they come out and they play really well, they get a win. Injuries are gonna be a big, mm-hmm. big deal. But the Bucks coming out in a game where people were in love with the Eagles as an underdog. I mean, in love, like just could not get enough of the Eagles run game well, as an underdog. The, and, yeah. and I mean, they came out and just, they killed him. And Tom Brady, I don't understand how Tom Brady seems to still, I feel like he's still being underrated. I, you know, the MVP conversation, like everyone's just immediately going to Rogers um, somehow. And I'm, I'm definitely concerned. I think depending on, I mean, Cardinals Rams, like I think both of those have a shot certainly to beat the, to beat the bucks. Cause I mean, they, they have no receivers right now. They have Gronk at like age 45 running down the middle and that's, like their best option. And obviously if Tristan Wirfs can't play, that's mm-hmm. a huge issue against a much better team. Um, but they were impressive as hell. So I don't think it wasn't as impressive as the Bills, but I think equally as impressive as the Chiefs' performance. I put the, the Niners behind that. I'll say this about the 49ers. The biggest mismatch in that game, it wasn't Mike McCarthy versus like common sense and logic it was Kyle Shanahan against Dan Quinn they, they won that game in the first quarter yeah right getting out to a lead the way that they were able to perform in the first quarter they come down and score that first touchdown and even though Shanahan decided to kick field goals instead of trying to score touchdowns like that was what won them the game mm-hmm. I thought that was impressive as hell uh any other big takeaways from this before we get into the games yeah i think the one worry that you have to have if you're a niners backer is you know bosa concussion warner maybe comes back but warner has an ankle sprain i'd be much more worried about warner yeah i i would be shocked the other thing that doesn't clear the other thing that happened is i don't know like did you get the impression that shanahan took his foot off the pedal too fast yes like Did I get the drove, impression? It was literally there. It drove me freaking insane. Yeah, but insane. that's what you were expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess here, and and we don't know what the spread is, but the Packers are going to be favored. Uh, you hope that it's more – you don't hope this if you're a Niners fan, but you hope that Shanahan is as motivated as he was against L.A., right, yeah. where everything happens the whole game because they're an underdog. In today's game, it just – it was like, and again, we had the under for Green Line. We liked, you know, we bet a few unders in games, so it was it was fun. But, um, but they he certainly played the game down that way, right? He played the game down, and I would be worried if I was a Niners fan because Jimmy Garoppolo can't exactly the sort of like Jimmy Garoppolo is not Jimmy Garoppolo. You have to have the foot down, right, mm-hmm. to make plays. Yep. If, if if there's any relent with Jimmy G, you get what you got kind of at the end of the game today. Which, which well yes and no though like Shanahan also got Brandon Ayuk with a mile clear mm-hmm. radius of anyone near him and like you know you just missed that throw yeah. so like I, you know it, the decision making you're taking your foot off the gas you're kicking field goals but at the same time it's like you're also giving your quarterback an opportunity to make great plays down the field and you just like but my, my issue with himself. Jimmy G is almost like it's sort of like me when I'm like you know, throwing a football or something. If I'm trying to aim it, 
I like miss it. But if I just like let her rip, I actually have a decent arm. And like Jimmy G, wow. I feel like really patting yourself on the back here. Uh, um, you should have seen me out there in uh, the the Bengals uh, tailgating. I was well. I wanted to ask you about the Bengals because you saw them live. My um, initial take from watching the Bengals was that I wasn't as convinced by that win as I wanted to be. At the same time, Joe Burrow continues to look amazing. And I think that gives you a chance in any game. And I'm really excited to see what the spread is for the Titans game. Because as long as you don't dedicate yourself to running Joe Mixon for two yards in a pile of dust like 20 times in a game. Um, by the way, his, his carry uh, total did not go over somehow. You have a chance to win any game because of that passing offense. Um, the, the, were, were you impressed by them? No. I, well, I was impressed by Burrow, specific Burrow and Chase. Chase was the best player on the field uh, yesterday, uh, Saturday. Um, Burrow was wonderful as well. Burrow, the play that he made, Jerome Boger f- screwed it up by calling. Did know, you hear the whistle? I did not. No, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was very uh, fun and festive in there. But like the play that Burrow made was insane. Fun and festive. It was insane. And we didn't get to enjoy it quite as much because the officiating screwed it up. The, the, my issue was and as somebody like one of the bets i had was both kickers over a field goal and a half mm-hmm. and that would plus you four, knew 425 but like the the thing was is i felt like that was easy for the raiders but it felt like the bengals gave that to me as a gift which mm-hmm. was they ran the ball to mix in too much yes and it was and it was like they're the ones that the bengals offense is the only one right now that I think can stop the Bengals' offense. And they, they're they glad to, it feels like, in almost every game. But the, I think if you're a Bengals fan, you can take some you, you can take some positivity from the fact that you're going to be underdogs against Tennessee. You're going to be underdogs against Buffalo or Kansas City coming up if you, play, if you win the – so you're going to be in a position now to, to play the Burrow game the way that he played it against the Chiefs. You know, yeah. the way he played it against Baltimore. I'm worried, though. I don't know if they have that in their arsenal. I compared Burrow and Chase as, a, like, a younger version of Rodgers and Adams. And the difference, in particular with the back shoulders, the chemistry that they have is on that level. What's different is the intricacy of what they can do and the multiplicity of what they can do. Rodgers and Adams will kill you on all three downs. They'll kill you from the slot. They'll kill you. Adams will go in motion all over the place. And the Bengals haven't matured that part of the game. Too much of their amazingness is bombs down the football field or amazing plays on third down, right? But not enough of it is like, oh, it's first down. Let's just go to Jamar Chase on a well-designed play and get 15 yards, you know? And so that worries me. Um, that is my main concern. We're going to guess the lines here. Before we do, if you are looking, and if you are still looking, it's okay. I still love you, but you should probably get with it and get yourself a PFF um, subscription, especially for the divisional round and, of course, the Super Bowl coming up. With 25% off, you can get 25% off with promo code FORECAST, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. Here's what you can get with an Edge subscription, which is the cheaper of the two, but you get all of PFF's premium article content. It's only 40 bucks for an entire freaking year. You can do the math. It's like less than three bucks a month. Um, and you get all of PFF's uh, draft guides and fantasy tools. If you get the elite subscription, which is just about 15 bucks a month, 
you get all of PFF's betting tools, our dashboards, our best bets tool, our player props tool, and the DFS optimizer and all of the premium content that I just met, uh, talked about. If I could talk, forecast is the promo code F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T, 25% off any subscription. Also hit us with an email. If you have a PFF feature that you love and you want to tell us about so that we can make it better for you, or you have anything that you would like to see on pff.com that you don't see there now, hit us with an email, contact at pff.com. Tell us what you want from us in 2022 and we'll do our best to make it happen because we love you guys so much. All right, it is time to guess the lines and I'm very excited. Um, the schedule is as follows. On Saturday, 4.35 p.m. Eastern time, we have the number four Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Tennessee to play the number one seed Tennessee Titans. Dr. Eager, what is the spread? Uh, Titans minus three and a half. I have Titans minus three. What is it? It is Titans minus three. Yeah. I, I, I sort of thought that was – yeah. Like I – when we were coming out of the stadium, we were kind of like, okay, if they play – you know, they play the Titans. Yeah. Um, you know, what would – I said three and a half, even though like this is going to be – Where do you think it moves? Well, I think it goes Bengals. I think it goes towards Bengals. Oh, you think so? Yeah, but but now that it's already to three, like I think that that reflects the reflects the true. You think it gets to two and a half? I mean, look, the what what is this number implying? You have basically a half a point to a point, depending upon you know whether you think the playoffs yeah. by means more or whatever. So then, and like maybe a point and a half for home field advantage, maybe two points. Mm -hmm. So they think a, a Titans team that's trending towards um, being at full strength is basically the same team as the Bengals on a neutral field. What do people think about that? Hmm. So what would, would you say that home field in Tennessee, because I actually think home field in Tennessee is, is somewhat legit. And uh, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Yeah, they've had – I mean, it's cold there. It's the same sort of like – the same sort of weather as Cincinnati. Just like it's four hours south. Like, you know. Yeah. Bengals, might, Bengals fans might travel pretty well. Although this is the first playoff game the Titans have hosted since 2000 and – well, so last year they hosted one against the, the, the Ravens. This is the second playoff game they've hosted since 2008. So like I mean they're it's the same like look at the stadium yesterday there were, it was a fan base right they had not won a playoff game since 1991 and there was and I was also at the the AFC Championship game in 2019 the Super Chiefs had not won a, played a Super Bowl in 50 years mm -hmm. there is a sort of like the home field advantage at those kind of games is somewhat like it's different it's it's sort of like when the game is won, there's this relief, right? right? It's not so much – so how does that play in, right? Bengals fans, look, there was a woman who we were walking down the stairs, and she goes, we're going to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, that's not how it works, honey. But, like – Of course you did. They're just raining on people's parade here. The, the, They're just happy. But, like, Bengals fans might, like, drive down to, to Nashville, pay a ton of money, and be rowdy in that game. Yeah. Because they've already sort of – they've gotten over the cliff. 
that they haven't gotten over in a long time. Whereas maybe Tennessee is sort of in this in this rut here. I don't know. Uh, let me look up the weather here at Nissan Stadium. On Saturday, it will be 36, very light winds, um, small chance of precipitation. So basically the same thing that they had in Cincinnati for this last game. Not worried about the weather. Um, by the way, we've got I've got a poll up. Um, oh, good. To see who people want to uh, want to bet on here. Pretty evenly split. The reason I did that is I'm curious. I don't think it moves. I think it sits at three. I think three is showing the Bengals a bunch of respect, honestly, and deservedly so. I mean, this is the, the better quarterback in this game is getting points. Um, if it were to move, I think the narrative would be the Titans are rested. Derrick Henry is back. The Titans have actually beaten a ton of really good teams this year. Yeah. Like it should be the Titans. And so for that reason, like I would bet if I had to bet here, I would take Cincinnati money line. But if I'm, I would wait. Yeah. I actually think I would wait. So, so our numbers make Tennessee basically a coming into the week, a point and a half better than the Cincinnati Bengals on a neutral field. You know, you could argue Cincinnati's win probably moves them up a little bit. Um, I do think that our model is going to like the Titans um, when it's all said and done at a, at a flat three. Um, but again, like it's hard to bet against Joe Burrow. And, and oh, and I, I should be remiss here. The number here is minus on Pinnacle is minus three, minus one fifteen. So it is trending towards three and a half okay. to get the Bengals at plus three. Like so, this this is a question for you. If you like Bengals money line plus one forty nine, let's say mm -hmm. on Pinnacle, it'll be higher at a, a yeah. less sharp book or no. It'll be lower to less sharp yeah. book. It, um, plus plus three, like plus one ten, like let's say on a on a, a square book, plus one hundred four on a uh, sharp book like Pinnacle. Like to me, that's kind of that's a good bet, right? Like if you like Bengals money line, you're getting some of that. You're trading some of the points for variance there with that pick as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you're trading the half point for a little bit of variance, right? Where Total on the game, 47. So you've got obviously like A.J. Brown, I think, it, you know, he, the Bengals defense is certainly is, is suspect. We saw Trey Hendrickson get banged up in that game. If you can't rush the passer, you can't cover A.J. Brown, like what's the total on this game is kind of what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tricky because both teams in their, in their perfect, like, we don't know what Derrick Henry is going to be like, but we do, yeah. what we do know is the Titans are going to run the shit out of it. Yeah. And you know, we, Joe Mixon's going to get the ball a lot. And, um, what is the total on 47, um, which is where it closed in. So it, it didn't know, sorry, it was 49 in Bengals Raiders. Yeah. Um, it closed at 48 and a half. It ended up going under, even though it had a 33 point first half. Um, uh, I think 47 is a little too low, but I, I I've seen enough Bengals games. I to... think it's too low. I, you know, here's the, the, the Raiders shot themselves in the foot in the game on Saturday to an, like, we don't, we probably didn't talk about this enough, like the penalties and the, uh, they had a terrible fourth down decision as well. If not two. 
Um, kicking that field goal at the end of the game instead of going for the touchdown, they mm. should have covered that game. They should have had a chance, um, a better chance to win. And I don't know if I want to credit like, oh, the, the Bengals had nerves. They'll have fewer here because they've already had a playoff game and they've already won. Um, but that would worry me. That would be my reservation. They've already played, you know, a game against a team that's pretty mediocre and they kind of got, they had some luck going their yeah. way, right? Um, so that, that would be my concern. By the way, Bengals here are winning our poll at 55%. All right, we move on to... We only have three games where the number is going to be up. But yeah, yes, so. but we'll guess. Why don't we... We should guess Rams, Bucks, and Cardinals, Bucks. Mm -hmm. I have I have made guesses there, and we'll talk about Rams, Car uh, Cardinals in that game. Okay. So you get a you get a, a extra twofer. Yeah, exactly. Um, Saturday evening, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern. Troy gets his wish. He gets to call a good game this time. Um, <laughs> he, that, think he, about how much content this league gives us. For anyone that didn't see it, by the way, yeah. Troy Aikman on national television in the lead up as they were previewing the upcoming games, he goes, yeah, Dallas, San Francisco, what a game that is. I bet there's some people out there who'd, be, who'd love to be calling that game <laughs> as he finishes calling one of the worst games of the weekend. Um, a privilege. And I got to say, it is kind of bullshit because Aikman Buck, Aikman Buck are, I, I'm going to make a poll here, another poll. Who's better, Aikman Buck or Romo Nance. I mean, I don't think it's close. What do you think my opinion is? Um, let me get this poll up. Romo, Nance, Aikman, Buck. I think the margin is pretty wide. I, I, I know you're a Buck fan, okay? Yeah. I don't think the difference between... Uh, Buck and Nance is dramatic. I think it's like, a, what's your style? Do you want to feel like you're heading to Augusta, or do you want the cool? Do I want to? Do you want the cool dad who's going to suggest we take the private plane to Cabo? Yeah. Do I want? Do I want to have? Do I want a fan fanning me off while I play? While I watch oh, wow. this game? We've got some or, Romo Nance love here. Yeah. The, the, no. Here's the thing. One of the reasons I like Joe Buck so much is because I lived in Wisconsin for six years and I watched. I watched mouth-breathing Packer fans hate Buck. Because mm -hmm. the thing about Joe Buck that people hate is that Joe Buck is very matter-of-fact. And he's also the best broadcast crew on Fox. So if you're if you're a fan of an NFC team that was dominant over the last 20 years, a la Green Bay, you're used to Dick Stockton and Matt Millen like, you know, calling touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers, right? And when yeah. Joe Buck calls a San Francisco game against your favorite team and he goes, Kaepernick! Touchdown! You're pissed, right? That that's the that's the point. You're and wrong. So, and the negative, you're wrong. the negative you're connotation wrong. associated with Buck no, no. is because he's calling games in games that your team might lose. That's why people hate Joe Buck. No, you're wrong. Yes, you are completely wrong. The reason people hate Joe Buck is because he's a good-looking dude that has an amazing fucking job. That and people don't think people think it was like gifted to him, right? Because his dad was a broadcaster and they go this guy i am jealous of this guy's life that is why people hate joe buck and you should be jealous of his life his life joe buck has like a top 0.0000001 percent life it's amazing but here's the thing 
And here's why you can't hate Joe Buck. He's actually really fucking good. Yeah, of course. He's great okay? at his job. And Joe Buck, Joe Buck is the closest thing we have to Al Michaels where he lets the game breathe. His economy of language is fantastic. He and Tariko both really, really good at that. They're the two best play-by-play guys outside of Al Michaels. Here's the thing. Here's why Buck Aikman is better. Tony Romo. Tony Romo. The shtick has gotten old for you. Tony Romo comes on air like he didn't fucking know he was calling the game. He does the cold open like he doesn't know he was supposed to talk about the game. I've never heard someone say literally fucking nothing. Sorry, I told, I'm not supposed to swear. I've never heard someone say nothing with more energy in my life. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. It's incredible. I, I don't get it. I, it's, it blows my mind. Anyways. I also just think like... A- it's it's Chris, pathetic. Chris and Troy Aikman have like... And Aikman to a lesser extent. Like played ball in the minors in terms of calling games. Like you look at like an old and I'm I'm a I'm a you know nerd, but you like pull up a f- freaking Cleveland Browns Philadelphia Eagles game from 1994, and Chris is wearing like these big ass glasses and calling Dude. a game with Chris Hammond, and you're like, oh hey, that's that's my you know, and he and like he's grown into this, and you and people are like, how how does Chris know this? And it's like because he like called a bunch of games, and remember what, like when he called the Notre Dame game, he made mistakes, and like he's grown through them. We're watching Tony Romo. Tony Romo is the number one pick in the Major League Baseball that they that doesn't go through the minors, and he's getting shellacked. And that and and we're like, he might be good someday, but he also probably needs to go to the minors and learn a little bit of mechanics. Romo Nance just cleaning up here, seventy percent. Look, you can't. You can't. I, look, you I'll can't say this. I, I don't condition mean, taste. Okay, like you just can't. I will say this. Some I don't mean to bag on Tony Romo. He is much better than a lot of color of guys a lot of color guys and there are moments romo's highs like his peak is really really good because sometimes he will actually just get in the zone of talking about what a quarterback is seeing and he does a really nice job of making it simple where um i think i think breeze struggled with this and is still learning this but you notice it on the broadcast where when he's telling you like what is going on in a play or like what the quarterback is thinking He's not dumbing it down enough for America. Ro- R- Romo does that. Romo gets that done. So, you know, and by the way, someone in here, uh, I can't, I don't remember where it was. I think someone mentioned like, I honestly think that the, after that group, like the most fun guy to listen to is Akeep Tlaib. Can we get him on more broadcasts? Akeep Tlaib and Gus Johnson are freaking amazing. And their Akeep Tlaib and Gus Johnson insane. are wonderful. I... You know, way back in the day, Dick Stockton was really good. Um, Kenny Albert was really good. Someone, okay, but, yeah. I, there's been some good takes in here. Kevin Harlan is underrated as hell. Kevin Harlan's super underrated, and so is Charles Davis. Charles Davis is very good. Here's the problem with Charles Davis. His energy level, it doesn't feel as much as if he's having, like, a fun conversation. It feels like he came over to your house, and he's the uncle that's just like, he fucking knows it all, yeah. and he just he he just tells it like it is. He's good. I heard Greg Olson's been good. I have not really listened to him because when we're I at the Greg office, we don't, we don't really get to see them. The um, 
Kevin Harlan is fantastic. Kevin Harlan, by the way. So this is like where you, you – Romo sort of, Nance closing the poll 69%. Kevin, Kevin Harlan used to call Chiefs games on the radio. Then – where Harlan's really good, by the way, is it, and we don't do this as much anymore, but back when I was in grad school, like mm-hmm. I'd take like seven-hour trips to and from my parents' house. Yep. And you, you're listening to a game on Westwood One's coverage of the National Football League. Like yep. when you did that and Kevin Harlan was on, it was a privilege. Um, and, and you know, much better than I think some of the other guys, Ian Eagle is okay too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's, oh, I, and of course we have to, we have to pay homage our first year being friends. Mm. Yeah. Tess. Oh, Tess, Tess with bug. Tess with bug, <laughs> Tess mean, bug is, is like his can, grandfather did. You know, you know what's amazing? You know, it's amazing is that we thought it couldn't get worse than Tess with bug. It, it just got worse every year. Levy, Riddick and greasy are so painful it is so why find they, somebody who why wants, are they not just putting the manning cast on find ESPN? somebody who wants the other team to kick a field goal down 10 like the the cardinals cross I actually the, i you know it's it's rare that i feel bad for people i feel steve levy struggles through those i feel bad for him i don't feel like they're getting any feedback from their production crew like it's the same shit every week anyways we could talk about this well, for the, the network literally put up a a, a different broadcast that's fair. Like that's the, a good that's the feedback they've gotten, and they, have they gotten any better? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but you need some maybe some more specific things. Yeah, yeah. Like, anyways, I mean, Brian Greasy was asking the Cardinals to kick sixty-yard field goals down ten. You know what you don't want is to wait for the feedback that you need to get a lawnmower four point from Manscaped. You want to be oh. preemptive there, right? You don't you don't want to have yeah, yeah, to get course, the hint. So go to manscaped.com, get yourself the lawnmower four uh, not going to lie. He used it today in kind of a hurry, by the way, at halftime of Niners Cowboys. I'm, my heart rate's going. I'm freaking out. Your burdens, you made your burdens lighter in the Luck, second half. Luckily, the man, the, the lawnmower, it's not going to cut you. So you're in good my, shape. I have a friend who, uh, who whenever uh, his favorite team starts losing in the second half, texts me every Sunday, goes, I can hear the lawnmowers coming up. And like it's up, it was the opposite for you, right? When people exactly. people bail on their team. They they cut the grass yeah. before they, you know. You are like, okay, <laughs> I'm ready for this post game party. I, d- I knew I didn't want to have to like get ready, trim the scruff. Oh sure, all sure. over. Um, you know, at the end of the game, that would have been a dangerous yeah. situation. Anyways, um, use promo code PFF and get 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. You can also get right now. Their performance package 4.0, which includes their ultra premium body wash. If you are struggling to find a body wash, go check this one out. I know a lot of guys do. Um, it's not something you want to waste time with. So go to manscaped.com. Use promo code PFF. Get 20% off right now to make sure that you are in great shape for spring and summer. Summer's coming. I'm, I'm a believer. People don't like our commentary here. They're here for the lines, George. So are we I got to go- pay the bills, fellas. Okay. Are we, are we going to... Packers, we are going Niners. to Niners Packers. Okay, I'm very excited. I want to see what the chat has to say. What do you guys think um, this uh, this spread is going to be? I I think we're going to differ rather considerably here. Um, what did you have this at? I said six and a half. Oh, we're not. I have Packers minus seven. Dude. Uh, we have our first bet of the weekend. Oh, no. And it's against your favorite team. Oh, no. Pinnacle has the Packers minus four and a half, minus 119. 
Uh, four and a half, plus four and a half for the uh, Niners is plus 107. I placed in this, I'm cheating a little bit, but I already placed a wager, like one unit on Packers minus four and a half. It has moved on this offshore book that I just placed a bet on. It has already moved five. So like, looks like a lot of people may have seen this. A lot of five and a halves. I think five and a half is, um, is not terrible i mean so how do you see this so our power rankings going into the week um had and, and i don't think our power rankings are, would change much i mean they did win a game they were an underdog in but we made we made san francisco four and a half points better than the average team on a neutral that was about what dallas was dallas yeah. 4.7 we make green bay seven and a half points better than the average team on a neutral so that difference is three on a neutral and then you think about okay what is the buy factor in plus mm -hmm. The game's being played on Saturday. San Francisco's grinding out a game on Sunday. So it's a it's not only a buy for for the Green Bay Packers, but also a smaller rest for the 49ers. So make that maybe a point. So yeah. then you're at four. And then what do you make home field advantage at Lambeau Field? Two, two and a half. Especially like again, and I and I don't mean to sort of like make this out to be an issue for just Jimmy Garoppolo, but who struggled last year with a broken thumbish type thing in Lambeau in round two of the playoffs? Oh, it's a good point. Like Jimmy, like yeah. th like the conditions are different depending upon, and they going on the road and playing indoors in Dallas with a broken ish thumb, yeah, or torn thumb or whatever is a different beast than going on the road and playing at Lambeau Field with yes. a hurt thumb. So weather in Green Bay Sunday is actually going to be way colder. Sunday would have been sub ten degree temperatures. Uh, it's still going to be really freaking cold. It's going to be. Um, about 15 degrees, 15 mile per hour winds on Saturday night in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So my question to you is this, because right now in the chat, we've got 73% of the people taking Green Bay minus four and a half. You've got potential for Bosa to miss. I think he clears, but you're probably missing Fred Warner or you've got, you know, 60% of Fred Warner. Mm -hmm. You've got no one, and I mean no one, that can cover Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. I, literally fucking no one. Yeah. Remember got, that hit that Devontae Adams took in that Sunday night game? Yeah. And he came back in and just was absolute nails on like the last, like, yep. remember Rodgers just went straight back to him? So, to me, I, I, am, I am shocked at this line, but it's, I'm so shocked that it's making me like think about this again. Is this all about just how well Shanahan has done against the Green Bay defense? Is that what this is? I, I believe so, but I also think it's, it's, it's the fact that people still aren't convinced about the Packers. People still are not convinced about the Packers. Yeah. And they look at like, oh, we're getting Jair Alexander back. We're getting uh, Zedaria Smith back. They got Bakhtiari back for a little bit last week. All this kind of stuff. They're still not buying into it. This is this is the the ace in the holdup. Last game between these two teams on on Sunday Night Football. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Packers won thirty to twenty eight. Devontae Adams eighteen targets, twelve catches, one hundred thirty two yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, it was it it was a clinic. And I and I think Green Bay's defense, which has gotten worse as the season progressed, they've gotten softer. They've they've struggled. By the way, stopping they, the run more not, often. Niners were three and a half point favorites in that. And that game. Yeah, well, no, and we had yeah we we on this show liked Green Bay. That was a week where we like didn't win any bets except for this one. Um, the the 
the thing I like for 40, the San Francisco 49ers was that game, you know, they were still messing around. Trey Sermon had 10 carries in that game. Trey Sermon's, like, never going to mm-hmm. play in the NFL again after this year, for, you know, after Shanahan buried him. Um, Garoppolo was, you know, struggling quite a bit. He had 40 attempts in that one, just 257 yards, had an interception. I think, um, you know, the offense, Ayuk was only, like, a six-target guy back then. I think that San Francisco has made tremendous strides offensively since then. How much of that is curbed by the weather? How much of that is curbed by Green Bay being healthy on defense? And how much of that is curbed by, remember in that game, the guy, that Yash guy was starting a tackle for for the Packers, and they were banged up. This was like during the banged up stretch of the Packers time period. How much of that, how much of the Niners' successes since then has been, will be offset by you know the Packers basically getting healthy, Packers rounding into form, and the weather and the home field advantage that, that Green Bay has, uh, you know, basically at Lambeau Field. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, you can go on PFF.com. You can go back and read the recap of this game. Um, Yash Neiman earned the second worst single game PFF grade by a Packer left tackle in the last five years in this game. They worked around it, <laughs> and uh, they managed. To win the game. Somehow they managed. Devontae Adams was targeted on 56% of his routes uh, run in this game, um, which is the highest single uh, game target rate in his career. So, like, the point I would have here is I don't really think there's a way that that's changing. (laughs) Um, And, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, 2.05 second um, average time to throw which was his quickest in a game since 2011. So, like, the, the script is there. And if if they don't have Bosa, then they're in, in real trouble. I just – if the Packers come out and score early, like Jimmy G playing from behind is kind of terrifying. Um, yeah, I'm, surp- I'm just surprised this isn't past six. Like, even if it were six or six and a half. I mean, the Packers have not been – a preferred team of the betting market all year. Yeah. Right? And then the last three games of the season, I guess, was no. Three of the last four they failed to cover. In fact, they didn't they didn't even win against Detroit, but they and they, they rested guys, but even at halftime, they weren't covering that game. And then they had the Baltimore game where they didn't cover, they had the Cleveland game where they didn't cover. And in both of those games their defense kind of looked bad. Mm-hmm. And then again, they didn't play everybody in week eighteen, but their defense looked bad against Detroit. And the Minnesota game with Sean Mannion that no one yeah. cared about. And, and like, so I think people are sort of looking at that. But, like, my issue, and I, and I know, you know, you, you love the Niners. I do love um, the Niners. But there, there's, like, this Niners renaissance in the second half of the season, we do have to pause a little bit with it, don't we? Because you had the – these things still existed. The first half against uh, the Rams – the first half against Houston, which was like a grind, right? Um, the Titans beat them, you know, with with Ryan Tannehill basically uh, being terrible in the first half. Um, they lost to the, the you know, Seattle Seahawks on the road in a game they were favored. So, and then the Bengals game. Now, look, the Bengals are beating the Bengals looks like a much better feat than it did at the time. So, like, the Niners are being treated, I think, on the market like they're 2019, like they're this house. And that's where I get a little bit nervous about if I was backing them in the postseason. I don't think they stink. I'm just thinking, like, putting them – like, don't you think the difference between the Niners now and the Packers 
is about the same as what the Niners difference when the Packers was two years ago when they faced in the title game. Seven and a half. Oh, that's interesting. Because the Packers, yeah, anyway. Um, man, that that Niners team had such a good, their defense was on such a roll. Yeah. It really made the Packers offense like incapable of doing anything. And it was all, but, and they also matched up really well with the Packers because they ran the football and the Packers yeah, I mean, could they not still stop do. a Look, nosebleed. The Niners still have, we talked about the Cowboys supporting cast. The Niners supporting cast is equally mm-hmm. tremendous. The offensive line is amazing. You have Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. Kittle didn't even do anything today. And, um, and they were still. If you able equally to put weigh ev- all five members of the supporting cast, the Packer, the Packers don't have a better supporting cast than the Niners. Right. Like but they the, just happen to have Devontae. Yeah, Adams. yeah. The, the the key is is the Packers can control who they throw the ball to, and so they throw the ball all the time to What's the most. What's the total valuable. on this game? Um, it's actually quite forty-seven and a half, which seems high for a Lambo game, but not high for these two teams. It's five and a half now on uh, Pinnacle, minus 108 towards the Packers. So this has moved. Just in us talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which five's not worth that much. So we're not talking about a huge move. But not only is it to five and a half, but it's also juiced towards six um, as opposed to where it was. I mean, look. When I got four and a half offshore, it was minus 110. The people are listening. Yeah. When Uh, I got four and a half offshore, like an hour before the show, I got – 110. 72% of the people um, that are watching right now, about a thousand of you folks, um, legends, are going with Green Bay. All right. I'm here for it. Where do you think this thing closes? I think that's where, when we talk about whether or not we write this up, if we write up Green Bay minus five and a half, that's basically implying that this thing's going to close. Um, you know, six and a half or higher, which I, I, I see it in the, in the realm of possibility, especially we've seen this happen this year when the injury news comes out. Yeah. Packers injury news is going to be all duckies and bunnies, right? Everybody's coming back. We're all healthy. No COVID. I mean, yep. COVID was a non-factor this week. Duckies and bunnies. Other, other than Jalen uh, Mills, the first time he's ever been within a few feet of another person. Um, and then, you know, the, the injury news for the Niners is going to be kind of somber. It's going to be, you know, Fred Warner is not going to play with a high ankle sprain. Nick Bosa is still in concussion protocol. And I think there's going to be moments that if you want to buy back San Francisco, you're going to get plus six and a half. So that, that I think, is the, is the case to be made to bet the, the Packers minus five and a half here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough because, man, you go like Shanahan getting the ball to Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk. It's just guaranteed, <laughs> you know, like it's guaranteed. And the Packers, to your point, as good as they've been on offense, they they have kept teams in it. You know, they've kept teams in the game. Um, I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on it. And it's my Niners, you know, so like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm actually not letting that influence this at all. I, <laughs> I swear to God, like I, um, I went into this and I was like, man, this is a really bad spot for yeah. Jimmy G and uh, and the Niners. Okay, let's get to um, – actually, before we get to the Sunday games, I must remind everyone, if you are looking for a place to bet, go to DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook, and use promo code PFF right now. And here's the deal. If you do so, 
in honor of counting down to Super Bowl 56. New customers get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet $5 and get $258 in free bets if your team wins. It's that easy. So go make it happen at DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code PFF. If you don't have betting legalized in your state, I'm sorry, but there's still great things for you there. Huge cash prizes with daily fantasy football, plus a free shot and a million dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. So go download DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PFF, 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just 5 bucks. Win $258 in free bets if your team wins with promo code PFF. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Only new customers are eligible. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply to DraftKings.com. Slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you for letting me get through that. I appreciate you all. 215 votes. Green Bay got 71% of the bets. So there you go. Yeah. The public feels that way. I don't know. I don't know, man. Okay, so the first game on Sunday is going to be the NBC game. It is going to be either Rams Cardinals, uh, uh, sorry, either Rams at Bucks or Cardinals at Bucks. Should we talk about that Cardinals Bucks game first and then guess the line for either one? Yeah, I mean we've already talked a little bit about Arizona LA, but let's talk about it a little bit here. That number it's now three and a half gone from. I have some. I have some uh, Cardinals four and a half. It's now down to three and a half. Yep. Um, Total on the game, 49 and a half, has been mostly steady. Um, this is one where I think a lot of people are buying into the narrative of, you know, and I we don't have a play on it anymore. We make the number 3.8. You know, uh, some you know so the, the Rams are a team. They have three of the top six most valuable players in PFF war going into the week um, that are not quarterbacks. They're mm. the, the top heavy thing has worked to the extent that they've made their roster this way. And it, and the players who they thought were going to be good are good except yep. for Stafford. Um, so the question being here now that it's a three and a half, you're still getting all that three, but the total is 49 and a half, very similar, right? What we talked about last week, yep. trade the points for variance. When we took San Francisco, right? I talked talk about taking San Francisco, is this one where you just pick the winner? You go on the money line, pick the winner. You're laying 180 or so for LA. You're getting 150 or so for the Cardinals. Do you do you, do you assume that variance is going to come in with the point spread being or the point total, sorry, being so high, or do you think this is a field goal game at the end? Uh, with the point total being so high, I'm not playing the spread, right? Like you said, we took. Um, we bet the Cardinals early when it was plus four and a half, better quarterback getting points. I'll tell you what I do like are a bunch of player props. Um, I love Cooper Cup's total is uh, seven and a half receptions. That's uh, the lowest it's been since week 14. It was eight and a half, nine and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half. Um, I, there's the, the Cardinals secondary is not, you know, particularly well equipped to just like shut him down. I don't think um, we show a, uh, 17%, almost 18% actually edge on this. We would say that he has about a 80% um, chance to go over this and you need 60% break even. So PFF models, big fan of that, as am I. Um, I also really like Sony Michelle over nine and a half receiving yards. I know that um, our guy Cam. Cam Akers is back, but Sony Michelle has been really, really solid and all he needs is one. All he needs yeah, is Cameron one. Akers. Um, so I would go look for props on this one because I think right now the you know I, I just have a hard time backing Matt Stafford and the Rams. 
it's I don't know it's a challenge mm -hmm. yeah I mean Stafford has just not been a reliable player to lay points with both uh, these teams have been just like unreliable right like yeah. you now look at the Cardinals win their lone win was against the Cowboys and you go oh what did freaking do right? over the last month yeah yeah but the Cardinals this year this is obviously you you hate trends and and, and yes. I and I do too um, I do find it interesting that they are now two of these games were with Colt McCoy. And part of the reason they were underdogs was because Colt McCoy was their quarterback. Yep. But they are 6-0 and straight up and against the spread this year as an underdog. Um, I think that that sort of is – that speaks to some of the Cliff Kingsbury stuff where if you, if you expect things out of them, it's a fucking disaster. But if you – you know, if you come in now, I think like they're a public dog. And that's one thing I get worried about with public dogs. A lot of public people like New England, right? Mm -hmm. But the, the number didn't move that much. Yeah. Right? It's four, four and a half. That means some smart person, some sharp is betting the other side. Um, Dallas, San Francisco is the same way. Now, Dallas is a, a, a public team. So people might have been, you know, there's might, might have been a lot of money yeah. trying to balance it there. This one. A lot of people like Arizona. I don't think I don't hear anybody liking the Rams this one. But the number has moved from four and a half to three and a half. Mm -hmm. I would be, and we have not seen. You know, I talked about this on the last podcast. I, we have not seen people who you know lost a ton of money at the beginning of the week yeah. laying it with a favorite on Monday Night Football as the chase. Um, I do. I think Arizona. It's Arizona or nothing for betters. Um, but I think this is also a place where player props and and to team totals and yeah. all of those auxiliary markets are going to be uh, worthwhile. What if you, you have the Cardinals? Yeah. By the way, if you have the Cardinals, because I agree with you, I would be a little concerned. You know, based on where this has moved, I might just bet depending on you know if you you're betting a ton of money and then you really need to get a lot down. Obviously you can't do it on player props, but if you're not betting huge sums of money, you can get a little Matt Stafford over one and a half passing touchdowns where, you know, you kind of, ha you have a good chance, you know, to win that either way the game goes, right? If the Cardinals are up and they have to try and come back or if Sean McVay is looking to highlight the fact that he made a great decision at quarterback mm -hmm. and put some points up with him. Um, like, I think that's, that's probably the way that I would go. Okay. So let me ask you this first. Does the spread against the Buccaneers change for you, whether it's Rams or Cardinals? Because I have it differently. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Because, because here's the thing. If the Rams win, what, what do you so Rams at Bucks? What do you make spread? Rams at Bucks, I would make it six and a half. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay favored. Mm -hmm. uh, I I will take the I will take the Los Angeles Rams in that one. Okay. The I Bucks think are banged up, man. They, they are, are banged, banged up. Banged yeah, that's up. true. They have the two. They have the two offensive linemen out possibly against Donald. I make it three. I know why you make it three because early in the season the Bucks. What was the Bucks spread against the Rams in LA? That was Week Three as well. That was the vaunted Week Three. Um, I believe it was. Uh, uh, finished a, a point, uh, a half point. It was basically a pick. Remember, it oscillated kind of between. So the, the two. Bucks, the Bucks per Pro Football Reference were favored by one point five points in LA. Right, we know LA doesn't have a tremendous home field advantage, but we do know that in the playoffs, home field advantage is a little bit higher. 
So let's say so Tampa at a, that game would basically imply the Bucks minus three on a neutral, right? Mm-hmm. And so then adding two and a half there, that'll get you to five and a half. And then I think over the course of this season, I think the Rams have decreased in my mind and the Bucks have basically stayed the same. So that's where I came up with six and a half. So you went back to week three, mm-hmm. used that spread, and that's how you got to this? Okay. I think that's absurd. Okay. All the, right. Well, the, the, the second. The Bucks are without their two, two of their three best receivers. They're throwing the ball to Tyler fucking Johnson. Tyler Johnson has no clue what he's doing on the football field. He is lost. He is completely lost. If Tristan Wirfs can't play, if Ryan Jensen is banged up, they are in trouble. I think that Tristan Wirfs will play. I think he will try. Yeah. yeah. Did you see him try and play today? Yeah, but like that happens. I I get that. Yeah. But like if he's not at a hundred percent, like that's not that's not yeah. good. <laughs> it's not good. I also think Stafford against I, I also think Stafford against Todd Bowles is going to be a privilege to bet. Like, Stafford. So, anyway, and I, and I make it like, I make Arizona seven and a half in Tampa. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if Arizona beats the Rams, that's got to say something. It does. Not, not according to you. But I, but, I think, <laughs> but I think the ways in which Arizona beats the Rams are in meltdowny fashion for the Rams. Okay. I think half the outcomes are the Rams were like, oh, sh- oh or ha- sorry, half the outcomes Arizona were like, oh shit, good job Arizona. And other half yeah. the outcomes were like, oh, Stafford threw three pick sixes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have the if it's the Cardinals, I have the Bucks favored by four and a half. And the reason for that is that I am less concerned about and maybe I shouldn't be, honestly, but I'm less concerned about the Cardinals taking advantage of some of those Bucks injuries in large part because I I think Tom Brady will have the ability with that coverage unit to be able to dictate a little bit more, um, whereas the the Rams have a little more talent there. So I, I don't know. I don't I actually think I would go three and a half, four and a half. Um would probably be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my thing with the Bucks. Well, so I, I guess this is just my bias. I just don't think the Rams can beat a good team. Like I just hmm. and and then by definition, like the Cardinals are a little bit worse than they are, right? <laughs> just by the yeah. point spreads. Um, I don't. I think that there's fragility in the Rams that's going to show up in the playoffs. And it might just be all, it might be all academic because we I might see it tonight, you yeah. know. Um, you could be right, though. If the Rams win and they cover, for example, then maybe the market is like, oh, look at this. But my thing with the Bucks, like, I know Brady's not perfect. And I know, you know, obviously, like, you can bet against him and all that kind of stuff. But, like, this is, like, Brady's dealt with all this shit before. He protects his offensive line really mm-hmm. well. Now, he didn't against, you know, the Eagles. Like, they had three third-down sacks. Okay, yo, what what are what are the, what are the Bucks like done since losing their receivers? Mike Evans playing in the slot a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Making really like Mike Evans in the slot like ran some pretty freaking sick ass routes today. Then you had the two tight ends with Brate and Gronk both playing really well. 
the offensive line for them was playing awesome before the injuries. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you also saw a little of that James White today. And Gio yeah, G- the Gio, Gio Bernard stuff yeah. is real. I mean, my, yeah. my so I just think Brady, that- Brady's kind of impervious to a lot of this shit. He did, might not be, but it, it, I'm, what I'm saying is not foolproof. But what I'm saying is I'm just going to give Brady a little bit more Teflon as I evaluate him, even though there are things that are crumbling around him. Yeah. Mike Evans would need to beat Jalen Ramsey consistently. Because if not, then he's he's mm-hmm. throwing to Tyler Johnson and then the tight ends. Yep. I'm not saying they can't win that way, but I think it's... Yeah, I just don't know if the secondary players in... Like, to me, I think Mike Evans has become versatile enough to take on Jalen Ramsey's, mm-hmm. the Jalen Ramsey role, win enough of those battles, and then also the secondary receivers to play okay against what is a secondary full of guys. Like, like look, they're, they're playing Eric Weddle. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that's fair. And they're banged I mean, up too. Here, here's the, maybe here's the point. Uh, I think that's a really good point. And the secondary for the, the Tampa Bay Bucks is getting healthier. You know, you've got Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean there, Jordan Whitehead um, and Antoine Winfield um, and Mike Edwards. I mean, so that's, that's a benefit for them, obviously. Um, they also have the extra rest. So, okay. I can get on it. Um, the chat seems to be kind of in between the two of us. I've seen some four and a half, some five and a half. Um, that'll be interesting. I mean, a lot of it's going to be dictated on like what comes out of this game, obviously. Mm-hmm. All right. Sunday evening, 8.15, Manson Romo. Yeah. We had to school a few people on this one. Um, this is going to be This is going to be a game here. The Buffalo Bills. And the Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry, not eight fifteen. Six. Um, Thank God. Six fifteen. Six thirty. Yeah. Not sure what exactly it is. Um, I think it's six thirty. Anyways, on CBS, Bills Chiefs. What did you make this spread? We had to. We had to school some people in the uh, in our in our bet socials. They said that it was going to be bigger. It's two and a half. This has been two and a half. It was supposed to be two and a half for years, right? Like this is the spread these two teams play. The home team is going to be favored by two and a half for like the AFC playoffs for like the next five years. Yeah, that's uh, I had <laughs> like, I had two and a half as well. And, I, and the, actually, people like Buffalo, you know. So there's an offshore that I have that has Buffalo plus two, but it is plus two and a half on Pinnacle minus one hundred nine to what, Buffalo let's minus one hundred one. Um, total on the game fifty four. This is probably going to be the biggest total of the playoffs, right? Because yeah, one of these two quarterbacks is going to be eliminated. And th- these are the two best quarterbacks in the playoffs besides Brady. And and Rodgers. And Rodgers, yeah. Yeah. But on the AFC side, like the AFC title game is going to feature a worse Do you think this will this. move at all? I think if anything, it moves towards Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo was fantastic Saturday. And mm-hmm. I think people – this is where – and this is where I like Kansas City, right, is the Buffalo thing was – you know, they had a, they struggled. They, they were up by only three in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter against the Jets. They or third quarter maybe, but it was late in the game. They they lose to Jacksonville. They lose. They get killed by a Colts team that ultimately doesn't make the playoffs. The Bills kind of waited in the season, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. kind of messed around a little bit. They were. It kind of reminded me of the Ravens last year, where they got the Chiefs early in the season, and after that, it's like, well, we got to get them in the playoffs, right? We got to get a Super Bowl, and 
they were, I think, not lucky is the wrong word, but fortunate to get a team that they hate in round one of the playoffs. And just like, okay, we're going to pound the piss out of this team. And I think a lot of people who have liked Buffalo all year and maybe struggled betting them against this number where they struggled all year are like, okay, fine. That's it. I I got what I needed. This Bills team is back, right? The whole season doesn't matter. And obviously it does. And I think with Kansas City, they've been more uneven. They've Kansas City and Buffalo have been equally uneven all year, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think Kansas City has been uneven more globally. Like all like for example, they had a blowout win today, but the first quarter they were terrible. And you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas Buffalo put together literally a perfect game on Saturday. What does that mean? I mean, I, I think two and a half is probably a good number. I do think um, you know, if you look at our uh, power rankings, we're probably going to like Buffalo. Uh, we make Buffalo 5.6 points better than the average team on neutral. That's probably going to go up after this mm-hmm. week. Make Chiefs 8 points better than the average team on neutral. A lot of that is priors. So we're going to like Kansas City in this one. It just depends upon well, – models can like Kansas City. It just depends upon if you want to be on that side and the obnoxiousness that that's going to uh, induce. Weather, uh, 30 degrees gets down to about 26 25 ish by game time might drop into 22 um chance of some rain wind about 10 miles per hour by the way you can get some better numbers if you shop around so buffalo's plus two and a half minus 110 on DraftKings. if you want to bet buffalo um they're also plus 115 which is a little basically the same as what you get on pinnacle um, the total on Pinnacle is 54. You can get a 53 on DraftKings, right? So it, it does benefit to shop around. If you think that game's going to be uh, points everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, find a, find the lowest total you can on the board and bet over. I just uh, – I like the Chiefs in this one. It's, it's... And the reason – and 60, 65% of – um someone said will george finally quit doubting josh allen now apparently not and it's not even about josh allen josh allen is freaking amazing the chiefs and and beating pittsburgh means absolutely nothing nothing. absolutely nothing um they what i saw from the chiefs today was the first time that i felt that offense had looked really explosive and kind of back to where they had been in the past. And I just think at home in a game against a team that everyone likes, you know, the darling of the NFL, that helps focus Kansas City a little bit. And it happened last year, right? This number was three last year. And, you know, when you when the people were putting up the graphic, they said, Bills have advantage at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, I'm sorry, but you don't do that, right? And I think the the thing that's also kind of key here, Buffalo kicked the shit out of Chiefs in right. that one game that we had to wait for an hour for a rain delay and all that stuff. Yeah, I think I don't think that should go um unmentioned. But yet. I but I will say, like, we're not we're not bagging on what the Bills did Saturday. The Bills play that way, they're gonna win the Super Bowl. They play that way every single game. They're probably beating the 72 Dolphins, right? So, like, right. you know, but obviously the 
same team doesn't show up every week. And, you know, same team doesn't show up every quarter. So I, I do think this game is the quintessential, like, minus two, minus two and a half. Um, but I will take Kansas City minus two. That is that is a bet I have made. <sighs> yeah, I think so as well. Um, it's tough, man. It is tough. Because I've sat here this whole time and been like, Kansas City's not what they used to be. Kansas City's not what they used to be. Kansas City's not what they used to be. They've been ridiculously the best team on their opening 15 plays. They needed a shotgun fumble from Miko Hardman, you know, and uh, uh, who was the guy that he handed the ball off to? Uh, Daryl Williams. Uh, in order to, like, get Pittsburgh on the board, they obviously gave up, you know, a late garbage time, whatever. Um, and that you know the bills have great safeties i'm sure they will play back a ton you know to keep kansas city from being explosive but kansas city has figured out a little bit more how to matriculate the ball down the field how to take what's given to them and be successful there and so i, I don't know i just i just like kansas city and i think it's yeah, yeah. It's I look. I won't. I promise not to be obnoxious about it. But you did. It's a good pick. You did. Someone is in the chat, just like spamming up a storm. It's very unfortunate. You hate to see that. Okay, we're going to talk about our favorite um, bets here for the weekend in just a second. But before, got to remind <laughs> you that if you want a chance to win the ultimate game day feast for the big game on February thirteenth, twenty twenty two, it's a twenty five hundred dollar catering from the place of your choice. Go to westernsouthern.com slash feast and submit your questions to Chris Collinsworth and he will pick one question to read it. But just by asking a question, you get entered to win. You can ask Chris about absolutely anything. Ask him whether he likes uh, the game that they got this week, who he thinks makes it to the Super Bowl. You can ask him something about finance because Western Southern, make sure you get your finances straightened out in the right position so you can sit back, relax, and watch football with no worries. So go to westernsouthern.com slash feast. Ask Chris a question. He will read it on his podcast. You can check it out on the PFF YouTube channel that you're watching right now or wherever you are listening to this podcast and get a chance to win the ultimate game day feast that's coming up in just a few weeks. All right, um, your favorite place? Um, Still Packers? <clears throat> Packers and Chiefs. Packers and Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh man, I think I'm with you and it pains me. It pains me to take your chiefs and to be rooting for your chiefs because there's nothing more obnoxious than, than watching, listening, sitting beside so, you. Our friendship, very, you know, complex, I would say. I, <laughs> That's I, how you put it. I'll, I'm on this live stream. I'm right here. Gussying up the I'm 49ers. Right gussying up the 49ers. Uh, trying to build, trying to put, trying to put, dollars in the bank right for our friend because i was going to be a little bit obnoxious tonight and i even left for uh a little bit um but uh yeah you turned around to me and uh dave Silfaro, the other chiefs fan and and said in no uncertain terms you two might be the most obnoxious people i've ever seen yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty but I, I, I turned it down after so i do think um and by the way you can go check this out on pff dot com with pff subscription and see where um the pff models end up 
I do think they will be they will favor Kansas City. We talked about the power ratings. I do think Green Bay as well um, at less than six does make sense. Um, it's interesting, uh, you know, Cincinnati better quarterback getting points. I don't think can be underestimated. Um, I think total in that game is also interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll write these up. They'll be on pff.com. You can check them out. And, of course, the PFS subscription, you can see all of the model results and power rankings for all these teams after the wild card round and make your bets accordingly. Also, player props tool, ton of opportunities for the Monday night game if you're looking for a way to get some action on that. We appreciate you all. Thank you so much for everybody for hanging out with us. We love you. We will see you on Wednesday. Peace out.